this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast. Today, more horses on highways. Uh, It's happening again. There are actually a couple of things that I think we learned today. Uh, Chicken too tasty is a rule of thumb that you have to understand. And horse on the highway. You understand those two things and uh, you you can make it through today. And I think you will find your prospects for future advancement and employment. Oh my gosh, at the State Department. At the State Department. Uh, very promising after you hear from the un- U.S. Undersecretary of State for Arms Control and International Unbelievable. Security. Unbelievable. And it's brought to you by Preborn. You and I have some very, very basic but very important things in common. We're here today because our moms chose life. And that's a gift uh, that maybe we don't think enough about in our daily lives. But... It's a gift that all of us alive have in common. Abortion takes that gift away. And Preborn is doing everything they can to prevent abortions by introducing an expecting mom to her unknown baby through free ultrasounds. I think we could solve abortions if there was like a window into a woman's womb. Well, that's an ultrasound, and especially the way they're getting now. You can see everything. The unborn child doubles their chance at life when mom sees and hears the baby in the heartbeat. Already, Preborn has rescued over 280,000 babies through love, compassion, free ultrasounds, and every day they rescue 200 more babies and their mothers. One ultrasound is $28, the cost of dinner. You could sponsor five ultrasounds for 140, helping rescue five babies' laws. Any amount will help. All gifts are tax deductible. 100% of your donation will go on to saving babies. So donate now. Just dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. Pound 250. Keyword baby. Donate securely now at preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck. Sponsored by Preborn. Here's the podcast. See, I'm going to make, try to make it easy for you to follow. In the late 1960s, there was an article that was published in The Nation by two socialists named Richard Andrew Cloward and his wife, Frances Fox Piven. The LBJ new state, the welfare state, had just been passed. And so the nation public, uh, um, the nation published this uh, article from Cloward and Piven. It was a strategy using the Sololinsky rule 
make make the enemy live up to their own book of rules. The welfare state was now the book of rules. So Cloward and Piven decided we can launch a campaign. They wanted to try to collapse New York City, and they did. They launched a campaign to overwhelm and collapse the system through government welfare programs. It involved, quote, a massive drive to recruit the poor onto the welfare rolls. Under this strategy, welfare was a Trojan horse to make the entire system overwhelm and collapse. More, the more people that got on the welfare, the state economy would buckle under the strain. The welfare state was now being ordered from the top down, but Cloward and Piven said bottom up, and it could be led by, quote, demonstrated, uh, demonstrations and cadres of aggressive organizers. Don't you think that's what we have? Now, that was in the 1960s. <clears throat> I pointed this out and everybody said, oh, she was just a little old grandmother. You know, he's dead. She's not making any impact. But however, once I stopped talking about her in 2020, just before the election, the New York Times said, uh, Francis Fox Piven has become the intellectual guru of activist progressives. What is she preaching? Is it anything new? It said, quote, she's trying to work with uh, saying that uh, working within the system is terribly misplaced. Ms. Piven argues since it's rigged by the elites against the poor, what's needed is a sense of crisis that will force change. Okay, <clears throat> now, it began with welfare, but it's now everywhere. By the way, uh, do you remember the National Voter Registration Act of 1993? Bill Clinton signed in. Do you know who came up with that? Cloward and Piven. It eliminated the controls on voter fraud. It made it easier for voters to register, but difficult to determine validity. Uh, examiners were under orders not to ask anyone for identification or proof of citizenship. And it started with the mailing of voter registrations, enabling anyone to register without personal contact with a registrar or an official. Okay. Any of this sound like it's going to lead up to an overwhelming of the system because it has. But listen to this. Cloward and Piven. They were looking at just a couple of things, but this strategy now has been used all across the spectrum of American society. You feel a little overwhelmed with everything that's going on with your schools? Do you feel a little overwhelmed by what's being shoveled at you in the news? Do you feel a little overwhelmed when you go to pay your rent, pay your bills at the end of the month? Do you feel a little overwhelmed when you are looking at your job, your income, price of inflation, do you feel a little overwhelmed with your debt? How about the nation's debt? The U.S. national debt is now on pace to top $54 trillion in the next 10 years. Everyone, including the optimistic Congressional Budget Office, says it's not sustainable. Americans can't afford groceries. But the government says it's not our fault, it's the grocery stores. Record number of Americans can no longer pay their rent. But will government alter its fiscal policies? No. In fact, they've doubled down. You remember the Cloward's Piven strategy, push it to the brink, watch it collapse. So how do you do that with welfare? Well, Biden has not 
changed the law, his administration has just issued new guidelines for Medicaid. Medicaid, Medicaid, medicine, Medicaid now includes cover for rent, utility, and food. It's becoming universal basic income. I showed you record amounts of Americans can no longer pay for groceries and rent. Now Medicaid's going to take all of that on and increase the debt. Keep looking through this lens and re-examine what's happening at our border. 2023, worst year for illegal immigration ever. 10 million Americans, or sorry, 10 million foreigners, we don't know who they are, all across. They, they equal the size of a state now that is bigger than 38 of the 50 states. Nobody's doing anything. In fact, the new Biden policy is release them. ICE circulated a plan uh, to continue to release, just release them. No, no, we don't even have to track them anymore. Just release them. Now, I want you to know 59% of non-citizen households that we know of, this includes illegals, are drawing on government welfare. You are paying for them. 22% are just taking direct cash. 42% are using welfare food programs. 42% using Medicaid, which now includes rent and housing. Hmm. Now, let me just give you some of the headlines in the news. With that in mind, Biden administration continues to ignore the Supreme Court ruling. They just wiped out another $1.2 billion in student loan. Supreme Court said they can't do it. They're doing it anyway. Why? Well, they want the votes. Is that what it is? Hochul. Listen to this phrasing. New York, quote, is absolutely overwhelmed by illegals. We need a break. We are at a breaking point. Hmm. Denver schools facing unprecedented challenges with influx of migrant students. Interest on the national debt is now exceeding our entire defense budget. Interest on the money we've borrowed is now a bigger payment than our entire war machine. Why won't they stop it? Well, shutdown, slowdown. The showdown now between the Freedom Caucus and Republicans and Democrats give Johnson terms for a spending fight. Radicalized conservatives say they've got to rein in spending. Nobody's even willing to point out what I just said. The interest alone. Who is paying for all of these migrants? I showed you yesterday. One one hotel in New York, one, is costing us $7.2 million every month. Here's, here's a shock. California Legislative Analyst Office Tuesday increased this year's projected state budget shortfall to $73 billion. Now, remember, 
They just released this a couple of months ago and said, oh, it's not so bad. Now they've doubled the debt for the year to $73 billion. He projected $38 billion last month. Why? Well, the stock market's going up, but we're just not collecting enough taxes on that. Really? Is it that? Is it that? They've decided they're going to cut. You ready? Money that hasn't yet been dispersed for wildfire resilience, flood control, and IT overhaul for the unemployment benefit system, which scammers pilfered tens of billions of dollars from it in the last four years. You're going to do that and, the, and, and what? Maybe have another needle handout program? What? How about we study more transgender things for the schools? Meanwhile, while that's going on, California uh, Democrats are introducing a bill to divert the surplus funds. To reparations. Why would we be talking about reparations at this point? Oh, you know what? It would overwhelm the system, wouldn't it? Most Americans are now spending 11.3 of their income on food. The last time that happened was during the Gulf War. And try this from the New York Post. World Bank president said when it comes to a country's in over indebtedness, the four most dangerous words are this time it's different. But it's not different. It's not only a single major country with troubling debt. Each of the world's major economies has a serious debt problem caused by too many years of irresponsible budget policies and zero interest rates. And it could make it all the more difficult to avoid a recession and renewed financial straight, uh, strain at home. All Western countries are in our position, many of them worse. Why are we spending all of this money? Why have we given Ukraine more than it took in inflation-adjusted dollars than it took to rebuild Europe under the Marshall Plan? Why have we just given that money to them? Cloward and Piven, this is why nothing will be done at the border. This is why nothing will be done about mail-in ballots. The excuse is, well, we don't, have the, we don't have the results overnight like we used to because, well, all of the mail-in ballots, and it's just a little overwhelmed. Oh, it, the system's been overwhelmed. Hmm. I hope that helps you understand your world a little bit better. Okay, more from the podcast here in just a second. You know how many problems we face in this country, and they could all be solved overnight if we just use some common sense. Now, that doesn't sound like a good idea. We shouldn't do that. Unfortunately, our government seems to love chaos, and that's why companies like My Patriot Supply are so important. My Patriot Supply has helped millions of American families prepare for whatever might come their way. 
and many of them start with a four-week emergency food kit. 16 food and drink varieties. So you're not going to get bored with the selection. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get bored of the food. I don't know. Didn't we just have this yesterday? Eat your freaking food and shut your mouth. Maybe that's just in my home. Stock up now with all of the food kits your family needs at mypatriotsupply.com. Get a four-week food uh, food kit for $60 off right now. You get free shipping. Protect yourself and your family. MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Now back to the podcast. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Over 50,000 AT&T outages were reported uh, officially at 7 a.m. Eastern time this morning. Most issues uh, were happening in Houston, Chicago, Dallas, Los Angeles, and Atlanta. Uh, other um, other systems were also affected. Verizon and uh, T-Mobile looks like well looks like they're they're heading on the way back up, and most of it is fixed. They don't know what it was, but yesterday there was a cyber attack on the phone systems, the cellular systems in Israel. And the Israelis are reporting that that was Iran that did that. I think this is only a matter of time before we see stuff that uh, will cause real problems. Um, there's a, a guy, John Acuff, he, he wrote today, uh, tweeted, once you've read one second after, cell phone outages carry a different weight. And it's true. If you've never read one second after, I highly Highly recommend it. It was written by William Forstian, and uh, he he tells a story about what happens one second after an EMP, and it I mean you will it will open your eyes into how dependent we are. And this was written years ago, and at the time I was like, oh my gosh, I never even thought of that. Oh man, yeah, that would no longer. You just don't think of it. Uh, and William's with us now to talk about the outage and, and <clears throat> attacks on on our infrastructure. Hi, William. How are you? Good morning, Glenn, and thank you for the kind words about my book. Oh, Still selling strong. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, so, um, William, the the attack on cell phones. Our cell phones go down, and I think a lot of America they go into detox immediately. They're just like, I don't know what to do. Um, but this is something we don't know about today, but this is, is something that we know our department of Homeland security is saying they are waiting for cyber attacks. It's a matter of, of uh, when not if anymore. And they're preparing well, you, what go ahead. You know, Glenn, uh, my college, Montreal College, has a strong cybersecurity training program. And I'll, I'll go in their lab and just sit there sometimes. Half hour later, I walk out scared to death. Because, <laughs> uh, because if you saw the number of attacks, incoming attacks on our infrastructure, on our military, it's unrelenting. We don't even know if some of them have broken through, put sleepers into them, and are waiting to uh, hit. This is just a foretaste of the future. So tell me what you think is most likely and how it will affect us and what we sh- how we should prepare for it. 
Well, first of all, if our cell phones really went dead, my daughter would have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think a lot of our children <laughs> our would. would. Yeah. Uh, the whole college. But uh, number one, of course, is cyber attack. Uh, that's unrelenting from Russia, any number of bad players. Uh, number two, actual physical but Wait, 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 wait. Cyber attack could include our water system, our electrical oh. grid, or would, do you think it would be all of it? or some of it it could be targeted to a specific or in a general offensive like a, what i would call a first strike scenario a widespread for example take where you are suppose water all across the board was shut down for 48 hours because that's all electronically controlled what would happen to your town in one day if all water was turned off wouldn't be good just it would be very bad within yeah, 24 to 48 hours. Yes. Uh, our, I'm mainly focused more on our electrical infrastructure. I've been doing a lot of work. I just talked with FEMA last week. Uh, that's, that's the bad one because if you lose electricity, yeah, everything's that's bad. the fundamental building block. Then everything goes. Water, food, medical, all of it. All our distribution systems are gone. How prepared I, I hate asking people questions like this who know <laughs> how prepared are we we're not okay uh, you know it was uh, and uh, let me point out you're not improving you're my lot. mood much <laughs> uh, in my talk with southeast fema last week these are there are a lot of good people working in that system they're, they're not bad guys and they say the number one thing is if only Americans would be prepared, one month worth of emergency supplies on hand. That applies to everybody, whether you're living in an apartment in the city, have emergency water on hand, have food on hand, uh, charge your systems up, have a small cellar char uh, cell phone charger. These are basic things, and 90% of Americans just blithely go along. It could be a very bad day. Don't you want to be prepared before rather than after? So if something like this happens, um, would we be, do you think we'd be in lockdown situation or would you be able to travel, you know, to lockdown, lockdown? If you lost your whole electrical grid, even just regionally, it would very quickly have to be a lockdown to avoid panic, uh, try and keep control on population. Uh, those people living in New York remember when Sandy hit 10 years ago, it got a little hairy there, even though tens of thousands of tons of emergency supplies were being moved in could have gone for two weeks it would have been very bad yeah my um, uh, my uncle used yeah, we saw. my uncle used to work for i i don't know what department in uh in the military but he did mm -hmm. some of the original studies on you know the after effects of war and crisis and, mm -hmm. uh, and everything else and he said Generally speaking, you have 72 hours. If everything isn't restored in 72 hours, right. you're done. You're done. That, he is dead on the mark. 72-hour max. Again, if you have a, everybody listening to you, if you have a month's worth of emergency supplies on hand, and it doesn't cost that much, yeah. you can at least hunker down and be safe while the crazies are running up and down the street. So if we had, you know, there's, it's, it's strange. Um, you know, I, I thought EMP is the worst thing <clears throat> that could happen it to is. us ever. Um, however, the more I see 
AI and everything else, it may in the end, and I'm saying 50 years from now, if AI has gotten out of control, an EMP might be our best friend. It will kill millions of people, but it would release a slavery if, God forbid, you know, I'm in science fiction world here, but God forbid AI went went bad. I mean, it's uh, the well, ones and zeros well, would have to be confused. Well, the... EMP scenario, which is indeed the worst, according to two congressional studies, which I base my novels on. I've got four books out on the subject. 80 to 90 percent of the population would be dead a year later. And people go, what? Again, no food, no water, no medical supply, no command and control. People die and they die very quickly. You know, when you when I when I read this is years ago, one second after you you know, you got to the 30-day mark, and you started mm-hmm. talking about what was coming, you know, in the next. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've never even thought of that. I mean, you're just, we're just not prepared even mentally to what would come. Explain the 30-day mark. Okay. Uh, when I started working on the book, I, went, I interviewed numerous different sources. I remember two in particular. Going to my chief of police talking with him about it, and I say, okay, the grid goes down. What do you do first? He actually picked up the phone. And then he said, oh, blank, my phones don't work. I said, yeah, now what are you going to do? The other interview was with the pharmacist. At the end of one hour talking with her, she was in tears, and I darn near <laughs> was in tears as well. Because think about your pharmacy. You go in, you get a medication, they put it into a computer. And a day later... It comes back out. Or nursing homes, they're dead. The vast majority of people in nursing homes will be dead within a week. This, it's a scary scenario, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And uh, especially in today's world where we have so many people with technology that was not mm-hmm. even around when you wrote the book. Uh, or it was mm-hmm. an infant stage. And now, you know, we know these attacks are happening all the time. Uh, we, we know there are many countries that would like to take us down and our Achilles heel, you know, is we don't live in caves far from it. And if, if you are going against a, a cave dwelling nation, if they can knock out the electricity, we're dead. They know how to live. Um, and it's, it's not good. Not good. Well, you know, uh, in the EMP scenario, which I wrote about one second after, uh, I had North Korea as the main player, most likely. We'll never really know. And it was pointed out, yeah, okay, they screwed us over. We turned them back into the Stone Age. And my main character at the end said, what difference does that make for us? We're dead anyhow. Mm. What good is revenge at this point? Yeah, a third world country like North Korea the leadership will just go 2,000 feet underground yeah. and wait it out. Won't matter. What happens to us? Yeah. What happens to us? Well, Bill, it's always great to talk to you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my girlfriend says that on a regular basis. Oh, you're yeah. so cheerful today. Yeah, but I don't know if she's ever said what my wife has said. We've gone to a party one time, and she knocks on the door, and then she looks at me just before the door's open, and she went, do not make anyone cry. <laughs> i know i know i've done it <laughs> i have to god bless you thank you so much bill i appreciate it and keep up the good work you when you're getting the word out thank you god bless you one second after is the name of the book and he's got follow-ups after that 
It's a must read. It is. It's a fascinating book and fun to read. I mean, fun to read uh, as a novel. It's fun to read, um, and you'll think of things, and it will help you on. That's why, really, honestly, I'm like, I gotta get an X-ray machine. I gotta get something because nothing works. Nothing works uh, if if this all would happen, unless it's you know protected. But anyway, um, check it out. It's one second after. The best of the Glenn Beck program. So, Stu, uh, this is riveting, and it might get too meaty, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, but I think, you know... The way they explain it. It's an entertaining... Uh, story for the whole family. Right, it really know? is. And that's kind of what makes it easy. So, uh the two-state solution, which is Israel mm-hmm. living side by side uh with um uh with Hamas mm-hmm. is, you know, not something that you would think would really work. Um but no, the Biden administration has really thought this thing through. I I am I was surprised. I kind of thought maybe they really didn't put much thought into this, um, but actually, it's it's impressive. Yeah, how much thought they have yeah. uh, put you into it. Share? Sure, you want to do that now? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, L- let's do it now. Okay. Um, so this is a cl- uh, a, a um, testimony a testimony in Congress. Yes. From a high ranking official. It sounds like you're just reading this now. Like you weren't. Well, you did tell me we were doing the opposite here. So I just to to clear it, I am I'm not prepared because yeah. you told me we were doing the exact opposite segment, which I was just setting up, and then you've now reversed it to the thing that's we're supposed not, to do at the high bottom of the hour. That's so yes, why you're not in the Hall I'm of Fame, and to, I am. I, no, I can, that's the I exact opposite. It. I can win. What's happened? The reason you're in the Hall of Fame is because I cover your mistakes. <laughs> that's why. Well. Anyway, I'm ready. Okay, so uh, I don't know her name because I don't have the article up because we weren't supposed to do it for half an hour. <laughs> but I want to play this clip. It's a guy from, it's a, one of, a congressman from Republican from uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. And, I, and he is asking, what is this two-state solution? And, and, and give me some details about how you've come to the solution that you, the idea that you want a two-state yeah, solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So watch and, and learn. Correct. We support a two-state solution. Okay. Have you looked at that objectively? Uh, what do you mean? Have you looked at it objectively? Have you analyzed that objectively? Um, this is this is something that we do support. Yeah. Okay. Stop. Uh, stop. Not stop. An answer. This, you know, you're in trouble already. The boat has leaks in it. Right. She doesn't understand. What What do you mean? Looked at it objectively? Because you might think like, okay, she might be thinking, oh, well, obviously I've looked at it. How else would I assess this? Right. Right. But like, it does appear that she doesn't know what the word objectively means. Right. And it does appear because she immediately throws the we into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no, it's something we that she really wasn't part of the process of figuring this out. Right. OK, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, uh, that's not an answer. Have you analyzed a second Palestinian state objectively? Have you have you analyzed it objectively? Uh I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. Have you don't know I personally what it means analyzed to, it? You don't know what it means to objectively analyze something? No, what it means objectively. Analyze. Okay, so have you done that? No, I have not. You ha- if, if, 
if I understand your question. So I, you might stop not here. Be I, because I, I mean, you might think at the beginning, no, she's got to know what objectively means. I don't think she knows what the word means. I don't think so either. Right? I don't think so either. I'm, 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 I'm starting to swim in your path. You're, you, you're okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I want to yeah, make sure I'm yeah. not, I'm, I'm, we're being fair yeah, here. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to say she's dumb as a box of rocks on the outset, but I didn't because I want to be fair. And rocks may have been too high on the ladder at this point. Right. But I'm mm-hmm. still open. Maybe okay. she's going to pull it out. Maybe she'll All pull right. it out. Here we go. Okay. You might not be because I can't believe that you would answer it in that way. If you, So uh, let me just start over. You're here uh, representing support for a Palestinian yes. state, correct? Yes, yes. Have you analyzed that support objectively? Yes. But you just said okay. no. So well, I'm trying to understand what you're saying. Okay. I thought I made it pretty simple, but you said no. But I'll grant you that now you said, yes, you have looked at it objectively. So having looked at it objectively, which I would assume somebody in your position does, uh, who would you assess would lead that Palestinian state? Pick a group. You can name a group, but I'm saying Hamas, Palestinian Authority, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Fatah, some other group. Who would lead it? Um, I think that has to be uh, something that's considered. I don't think I'm in a position to say. Who that did right you now. objectively assess would lead it in determining you have support for a Palestinian state? I don't. I don't want to. I don't think that I can answer that question. I think this has. This is part of a larger discussion. But you objectively assess that you support a Palestinian I state. I do support a in objectively assessing that. Who do you assess would lead that state? What group that does not receive military support? from, say, Iran, do you assess would lead that, that state? Um, I understand your question. Good. But okay, I good. think I would have to have a little, I, I, would, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable saying that without Have you not assessed what group this. would lead it? Have you or have you not assessed who would become the leader of that Palestinian this is part, state? I, this is part of a larger discussion. But have you no, or have you not assessed that? I, I have, this is a part of a larger discussion. I don't yes. think, I can't answer that question. Okay, stop, you stop, can't, stop, stop, stop. Yeah, and you're there testifying in defense. So this is the time to have the larger discussion. I mean, right. he's asking the first question. Have you objectively, you know, looked at all of this and, and come to this conclusion? Well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, that's a, well, yeah. here's okay, here's what it means. Mm-hmm. When you look at it, you're for the two-state solution. Who do you assume is going to take power? I mean... Who do you think that is? Mm-hmm. If you can't answer that, then you haven't even looked <laughs> no. at the situation. No, you don't even have the most basic understanding, no. which, of course, is what, what the situation we're in, right? right? Like, she doesn't have any idea what she's talking about here. Now, uh, Dave Rubin, who is the person I saw post this, said, you know, we have an administration filled with, you know, uh, senile people and Morons. diversity hires, yeah. right? Like that's, and that's kind of what it seems like. I here. don't think you have to be just diverse to be morons. No, I mean, you, you, I, I, maybe, it's full of morons. That's very true. I don't true. care what color. Well, they do. But I think they you do. Could I look think at that's this. your point. They, they care do. what color. They care. I don't. You might think, listen, listen to this and think, okay, well, look, this person has no, how, you just bring up some random official and ask them these detailed questions. They might not know right. what this is. This is Bonnie Jenkins. Bonnie Jenkins. She is the U.S. Undersecretary of State for Arms Control and International Security. That's the person who doesn't know what the word objectively means. 
Again, the un- U.S. Undersecretary of State for Arms Control and International Security. This is not a nobody. This is somebody who has deep knowledge and effect on U.S. policy in the most crucial aspects of our world. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. You said she has deep knowledge. Supposed to have. Yeah, deep supposed knowledge. to have. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Here's some more. Sir, whether you have or have not assessed cannot, who would I cannot be the a state. Question. I cannot answer a question. But I mean, particularly what I think, what what it should be. I mean, I think that's. Part you of came here and said there should be a Palestinian state. Have you or have you not assessed who would lead that? Just yes or no. Have you looked at who would lead it or have you not? I, I support a two-state solution. I know. You said that numerous times. Have you or have you not assessed who would become the leader of that state? Fatah, Hamas, don't think she really Islam, knows what Jihad, assessed Palestinian means. Palestinian authority somewhere else. Stop again because this is, this is an interesting part of this. She obviously hasn't assessed this, nor Correct. does she know what the word assessment means or objectively. But like, but that's a pretty low bar. I mean, objectively, I, I'm being so generous here. Maybe you just are under the gun in the spotlight. You're like, I'm not sure. I, I don't want to answer that. But assess. Just really. Have you thought about it fairly? Yeah. Have, Have you, you thought about when you're thinking about this? Who did you think would be like the people that took over? Because, you know, you you'd need to think that through. It's like if the president steps down, you have to ask the very next question. Uh, you know, I want the I want the president to step down. Oh, OK. Who replaces right, him? Exactly. That, that's what that's, you're asking. You have to have a and what's the next step. Everybody automatically goes. Yeah, you know, you get Kamala. You know what I mean? Right. That's assessing but, who would take over? The most basic thing you need to do if you want to do something like this is to have a plan, right? Have some idea. At but least I, have thought about but, the idea. But wait a minute. They didn't in Afghanistan. No. They didn't in... They don't with Russia. Does that not explain all of these situations? Yes. Does, yeah. this, it, does this testimony not explain all yeah, these situations? It does. So what I wanted to get to there, though, is, is, is Brian Mast is, could have done something like, who is going to lead this and stop? Right? Because she has, I would guess, absolutely no idea what any of the options are. However, he goes a step further and gives her all of the main options that you might consider in this situation. A multiple choice question. All she has to do is Is answer C. Right, yeah. Uh, That the (laughs) third one. one, Third one. Or whatever one you think it is. Okay, here we go. Have you assessed who it would be? I don't feel comfortable. I'm sorry. I don't feel comfortable. You don't care. Question, feel comfortable feel, saying if you have assessed something. <laughs> no, what I don't feel comfortable with is making a statement when I think it's part of a larger discussion. Don't even say who it is. Just answer. Have you assessed it? Have there's you assessed an, who there, would lead there, it? Put it this way: there, there will be an assessment of this question. I mean, within the U.S. government. Why do you support it? You have assessed something. I'm not in a position right now to say what that is because. I think this is part of a larger discussion. This, it, honestly, it's amazing. I think it goes back to your original statement, which was probably the correct one, that you have not objectively looked at this, it's and you, purpose, you got it right it, when you said that. I'm going to move on to another question. Part of what the U.S. government wants to do, I can't. I'm, You're supposed to be like the part of the U.S. government we, 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 that we, we, does that. Again, she's so, not an intern. I, I will not. Uh, I have more do. time. Sorry, uh, I have more questions, so I apologize. So, do you assess 
that a Palestinian state would be more likely to be designated as a major non-NATO ally like Israel or Egypt, or would you assess that they would have to be labeled a state sponsor of terror? I can't ask that question. You, have you assessed that? I, these are questions that I'm not in a position to answer. I'm asking if you, you are in the position to answer if you have assessed whether that would be the case. You came here sit, sitting before Congress saying you are here representing the idea that there should be a Palestinian state. You said you looked at it objectively, which you probably didn't, and I'm asking if you, if you assessed that. So you can answer whether you assessed something or not. I, what I can answer is this is part of a discussion that I... I don't think that I should be making those decisions. No, you shouldn't be in the role you're in. We agree fully. You should should answer whether you assess something is amazing. Let me ask one more question. Why do you think that we should make a country out of a people that just conducted a Jewish genocide four months ago? Um, What? I'm not sure what you're. What you're asking here. Can I have time to repeat the question for her, Mr. Chairman? Yes. Since she doesn't understand. I, I How object. could you not? Uh, she, no. she's Mr. Chairman, for Mr. Chairman, the time limit has occurred. So the question, to repeat it, since you said you don't understand Mr. Chairman, it, is, I continue to object. Why do you want to make a country Mr. of a Chairman, people that just conducted a Jewish genocide? Mr. I think Chairman, I said it very clearly. Please answer. I'm not going to respond to a question about, um, about that one. Sorry. I don't, I don't feel like I, I, would, I want to answer your question. I really do. Oh, I bet she But does. I just don't feel like I'm in the position right now that I can answer those type of questions. What kind of when questions I, I, can you this answer? This is a question that's going to be just, uh, this is a question for the U.S. government. And You're the U.S. government. You are, you are, are the U.S. Undersecretary of State for Arms Control and International Security. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard anything like that. I know. And, like, you watch it. We have a horse... On the highway. (laughs) I've never... This is not normal. She's a horse on the highway. And you know, you watch her and she seems nice. She does. She seems like... When she uh, said, I really do want to... I bet she did. I think she does. She just has absolutely no no idea what they're talking about.